Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, stories and sermons for the journey. It's a channel of blessing and encouragement for beloved friends all over the world to hear and experience how God speaks and works through ordinary people with an extraordinary calling. We bring you stories of good news, connecting in Christ and building the kingdom, and the Word of God declared through the pastors and missionaries of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. Beloved listeners and friends, I am your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and I am very happy to be with you. Our ministry was founded in 2011 by Pastors Jose Santiago and Yami Cruz in Jovianos, Cuba. And my wife, Tani, and I serve as directors and chief connection makers for the U.S. branch of the ministry. Together, we have a great team of pastors, missionaries, advisors, and kingdom servants who are dedicated to planting churches and spreading the reach of the gospel. We pray that you are blessed and inspired by these sermons, reflections, and our testimony of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Hey friends, last time we were together, we let you in on some new happenings with Ancient Path La Santa Antigua. And the second week of January, 2022, Tani and I took our first small team into Cuba in almost two years time. And it was a great blessing of a trip. The ministry is stronger than we could have imagined and the people there are encouraged. Pastor Yami asked me to preach and teach throughout the nine days we were on the island, and today's podcast is a cross-section of some of the three sermons that I put together to encourage us all as we face 2022 after all of the challenges and the suffering of 2020 and 2021. So um, let's jump right into the new year then. So the question of the day is, is it really new? I mean, seriously. There are times I look around and I'm not so sure. I mean, what I see around me, it gives me pause. And it makes me wonder if this year could really be called new so far anyway. The situation seemed similar thousands of years ago to a man of God whom the people called Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet and a man with a very close relationship to God. But the Lord had burdened him with a very difficult calling. And the people of Israel, who were the chosen people and anointed by God to be a blessing to the whole world, Well, they simply weren't obeying their father in heaven. And God sent Jeremiah to announce the truth to them, to declare that the children of God were suffering with a spiritual infirmity and that they really desperately needed to repent. And in a matter like that, the people didn't listen to Jeremiah, but instead they hated him, and very much. And for a few years, Jeremiah's life was so horrible that he sat down and he wrote an entire short book of lament in which he complained about the state of his life. In chapter 3 of his book, Lamentations, he writes, I am a man who's seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them well, and my soul is downcast within me. Now, right now, we've been through almost two years of plague, disease, loss of life, scarcity, inability to embrace each other. And not long ago, we hoped that that was passing by us and that we might look forward without fear. But today, we find ourselves with the threat of another chapter of this virus and its variants. And so we might think we have reason to complain. And honestly, with the state of the world, maybe so. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm really tired of all this talk of pandemic. And I would hope for nothing more than for the whole thing to just pack up its suitcase and move to another planet. I mean, it's natural if you've felt depressed or upset or distressed of late. All of us have been through entirely too much. 
So what is there that could encourage us to go forward toward the glory that's coming? Well, you just have to read a little further in Jeremiah's lament. He goes on to say in chapter 3, verse 21, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. There's something else. After the regret, and even while suffering, there is something else. We have a God whose love for us is huge. And because his mercies are new every day, we have not been consumed. In fact, our loved ones who've departed this life in faith weren't consumed either, but Instead, they live for eternity in the presence and in the great love of God. And for us survivors in this world, God's mercies never fail. Great is your faithfulness, O God, my Father. So, a third year of sickness ahead of us? I don't think so. I think I can sit here and confidently state today that it's not going to be like that. And Do you know how I know? You know how I can be so secure in this? It's because every moment of my life, even when I didn't know it or before I accepted Christ, God has been by my side because the Lord is faithful in times of crisis, times of lamenting, in times when I was lost in sin and even now when I stumble over my mistakes and my, my lack of faith, the Lord of heaven is with me because his faithfulness is greater than mine. His grace surpasses my pains and my sins. And so we must not believe, despite the masks and the disease and everything that still remains, we, we must not believe for even a second that we're going to have to endure a third year of pandemic and pain. It's just simply not going to happen. And of this, I am very, very sure. Now, at the same time, I understand that there are moments when we find ourselves desperate in which it can seem easier and maybe even a better thing to just simply surrender the battle. There's an account in the Bible of a desperate widow, and in the darkest moment of her life, she has an experience of God's faithfulness and mercy when she meets a man of God, a prophet by the name of Elijah. In 1 Kings 17, the story goes like this. It says sometime later, the brook dried up because there'd been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. And so he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. And he called to her and asked, Would you please bring me a little water in a jar so that I might have a drink? And as she was going to go get it, he called and said, And bring me please a piece of bread. <laughs> now, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread and only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm going to gather a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we might eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home, do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of the flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the land. And so she went away and did as Elijah had told her. And so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. 
In obedience to his call and to our God, Jeremiah, walk forward despite the difficulty and pain. And in obedience to the word of God, according to the prophet, this widow packed lunch for Elijah, even though she had almost nothing, and already had surrendered the battle. And both of them experienced the goodness, the mercy, and the great love of God, which never fails. And so we will start this year with still a level of this physical illness, and maybe for some of us, spiritual sickness as well. But we don't need to stay like this. God wants us to show his faithful. He wants to show his faithfulness and his great love for us. Maybe you're thinking, Kevin, how do, you, how do you be so sure? Well, it's like this. You see, God never abandons his own children, and well, that's us. When human beings fell for the first time in disobedience to the Lord, he immediately and faithfully started a process to save them and to restore the relationship between heaven and earth and all creation. That solution was and is and always will be in his son, Jesus Christ. Because we fail to obey what the Father commands, he's given us a redeemer, a savior. And only Jesus can pay the price to save and heal and comfort each one of us. And becoming a human being, Jesus experienced every moment of pain and difficulty and temptation that you and I face. So he understands very well what we feel in this moment as he understood Jeremiah and the widow of Zarephath and every person in the history of the world. Jesus understands and loves you. And God's goodness for his children is so strong that the Father was willing to send his Son to live among us and suffer as we do and ultimately take our sins and our guilt on his shoulders. Christ made himself willing to die to obey the will of his Heavenly Father and surrender his life for you and me to win forgiveness for our sins. We're going to take a moment now for a short break, so stay with us for more on the Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, our greatest hope is to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed. We want to see people set free from what holds them captive and offer salvation in Christ to people lost in darkness. We want to live as examples, the oaks of righteousness planted to display God's splendor. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. If you'd be interested in becoming a covenant financial partner or just contribute to the work of the ministry, invite you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be a part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. So Jesus took in his body the punishment for the sins of the world and he died for us to remove our guilt and pay the price for our salvation and give us access to a healthy life of spiritual abundance in this world and the abundance of heaven for eternity. And for this reason, we can live in the protection of his grace and have eternal life that we couldn't earn by our own merit. And do you remember what happened that day after Jesus died on Calvary? They put his body in the tomb on the first day. And then on the second day, it really seemed like death had won the battle. It was a day of darkness and Christ descended into the region of the dead. And the third day started out just the same way. It seemed to his loved ones that they would continue to live in sorrow. So can we imagine how his disciples and loved ones felt? I think so. I think we can understand the Sabbath day before the resurrection. In 2021, on that day, I was at home trying to form some words to give information to our colleagues in the United States about the loss of my brother. And after wrestling with my thoughts for a while, I finally wrote this. Never in my life has Holy Week been more real. 
Not a concept, not a series of observations, not a collection of special services or dramas that we wrote or experiences we created to bring something new to a story that really never needed my input. It hasn't had a good Friday in which I've had to work up something to manufacture uncertainty. And I haven't spent Saturday praying or reviewing scripture to try and imagine what death felt like. It hasn't been any of the above. Instead, it's been breathless. It's been filled with supernatural agreement and prayer and intercession. And it took a very strong death blow that I'm really not sure how to overcome. And it has seen my little brother, like his beloved Savior, entombed on Saturday. Friends, this is the life of a disciple. You know, we get the highest mountains and the deepest valleys. We, we feel the most searing pain, but then we experience by faith the greatest joys. And the reward far outweighs any sacrifice because we know that we are living by the Holy Spirit of God and because of God's great love for us, we have not been consumed. In 2016, on the second of my third trips to Cuba that year, I traveled alone in the heat of midsummer, and I went with my Santiago family and the people of La Senda to a youth conference, because obviously I'm youthful, in Canaan in central Cuba. And while I was there, I spoke with Bishop Pastor Juan Carlos of the Buenos Nuevas Association, and he gave me his blessing, should I feel called to serve full-time in the ministry there. And for three days in that beautiful place, I enjoyed a wonderful experience of the presence of God. We had arrived during that week in the month when there isn't any moon at night, so the sky shone with crystal clarity. And during the first evening's praise and worship, I went outside the worship space and I stood under the canopy of stars. And honestly, they were more than I'd ever seen, so beautifully arranged by the finger of God, layered and clustered in the warm air. And and it reminded me of the call of Abraham and how many stars he saw in that moment. And on the last night of the conference, God spoke very clearly to me and directed me to prepare for the moment when he would call me to leave the local church and work through La Iglesia Volviendo a la Santa Antigua on a full-time basis. And the next morning at the closing service, while I was praying with my eyes closed, the main teacher for that conference approached me. She came up alongside me, an extraordinary woman of God named Nancy Clark, an evangelist and prophet. And she put her hand on my shoulder and she began to declare a word in my ear. Almost whispering, she said to me, this is what God is saying to you. Don't be afraid, Kevin, to follow through on this because I'm with you. And I'm making a path for you in the deepest part of the river. Imagine that, my son, a path in the deepest part of the river. And I will guide you through every step. And nothing and no one can stop what I'm doing and will do in you. I knew at that moment that my life was going to change. But honestly, the path in the depths hasn't been a straight one. It's been marked by delays, and stops, and diversion, and sacrifices. There have been prosperous times and moments in which we almost came out bankrupt. Moments of joy that we can't possibly deserve. And days, on the other hand, when the tomb seemed to rule. Like those first apostles and throughout the history of the church, this is our life as disciples. There are moments that can feel to us like that Saturday when Jesus went down to the place of the dead. And now having lived until January of 2022, I think we can empathize with how the disciples felt on that dark second day. And the third day started out just the same. 
It seemed that life would continue to be sorrowful, but do you remember what happened that morning? After passing afflicted and experiencing bitterness and surrendering his will in exchange for that of his heavenly father, and after taking my part on the cross and without guilt undergoing the torture of hell, and then with all the power of heaven, Jesus arose. And through his victory, and by the grace and the great love of God that never ends, we can, you and I, at this moment and every day of any year, live safely. We can confidently understand that in all times of abundance or scarcity, when we fall in sin or pass through occasions of obedience despite difficult situations, in times of illness and loss, even at pandemic level or, even, or in our moments of good health and happiness, in lament or celebration, sadness or joy, there's only one love available to us that's so great and constant, and that is the love of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even throughout this second dark year of pandemic and pain, God has been working in the people of the ancient path. The church has grown. The ministry continues to increase its reach. The work has multiplied. The glory of God has shown through his church. And in spite of all that mourning, scarcity, and pain, on the second morning of our most recent trip to Cuba, I woke up with a song of praise playing in my mind called Such a Thing as Glory. Now Jesus lives in glory and Jesus reigns as heaven's king and the love of God is pouring out on the earth and sky and sea. And we who come before his mercies will be compelled to sing that there is such a thing as glory. That morning when I asked Pastor Yami the theme of the anniversary celebration of the church for this year, she answered me and said, God has given us from the book of Haggai, second chapter the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former says the lord almighty and in this place i will grant peace declares the lord almighty <laughs> upon hearing that phrase tears rose to my eyes because i recognize that this is truly a heavenly word for us at this time there's something more says jeremiah that fills me with hope this is the truth for us as well so a third year of sickness? Nah. I'm telling you today that even though this third year's begun with doubt and illness, as it was on the third day after the death of our Savior, we have a very sure promise. Victory's coming soon. The resurrection is on the way. In Christ, the new life has already arrived. We can count on Jesus. We can count on the Father. We can count on the Holy Spirit when we go through the deepest part of the river, the presence of God is at our side in every step. This year and those that follow will be times of glory. We will hug and kiss each other again and we will enjoy God's presence here on earth until the day that Christ comes and finally there will be no more tears or pain. The latter glory will be better than the former. You and I are going to see it. Of that, I am sure. And so, beloved friends, this brings us to the close of today's episode. So thanks for joining us. Once again, be sure to check out our website, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. This is Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. We look forward to seeing you next time. Que Dios te bendiga mucho. Go be the church.